Just before we start the podcast, we've got enough time to tell you about this year's live podcast. It's returning again this year on Tuesday, May the 9th. It's taking place at the Good Ship in Kilburn as per usual, and we've got some fantastic guests lined up. We've got Kevin Gallen already confirmed and QPR assistant manager Mark Bircham. And we may well have some pretty big names being announced this week. So please do join us. Always promises to be a great event. You can get tickets at our website at qprpod.co.uk and join us down there for the live podcast on May the 9th. Hello and welcome to Open All Hours, the QPR podcast. My name is Paul Finney. I'm joined by three other QPR fans, Ian McCulloch. Hello. I won't do the Echo the Bunny Man thing, but you just said that everyone does. Hello, that was the first band that I ever seen in London, and they are an excellent band. Can I just say, Porcupine is a mighty fine album. Your boy's done well. <laughs> Rahul Dessery? Uh, uh, Close enough. Is that we'll all right? That. Yeah, we'll go with it. Uh, you, oh, I think I messed that up. You're back again. I am. Yeah. See, we liked you so much, and last week was so bad. We're trying to redeem ourselves by doing a half decent one this week. So you exactly. see that we're not really. And you keep bringing beers, so you know what I mean. You're here, and Paul Stokes of Q Magazine. And others, yes. Hello. And others. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's the others? Mojo, BBC, all sorts of things. Jesus, I heard you on the radio. Jack, Jack of all trades, like some people. Jack of all trades means you're brilliant at everything. And you're a wee bit like that as well, in your rugby league, football, rugby. What what do you cover in your journalistic career? Tennis, cricket, racing. Everything, really? Everything. Jesus. I've never been asked to write anything for anyone. I, I can't believe that. I think I'd be great. Especially doing tennis. It was shade. Anyway, right, we're joined by Ryan Manning, who I have to say, a pre-recorded interview, is brilliant and really down to earth and a lovely fella. And I'm sure you as QPR fans will listen to it and take him into your hearts because it's great to hear a young lad come in and be enthusiastic about our football club. It makes such a nice change from the mercenaries we've had over the last six or seven years. No names mentioned. I wonder where some of them players are now. Hmm. Whatever happened to that fella we signed from Chelsea? Hmm. Whatever happened to him? I mean, we've had some mercenaries. Who would you say was the biggest mercenary we signed in them Premier League years, Ian? Sorry, this doesn't work um, in the video. Keep saying him. He was a very good player and probably the best player we signed in that period, but I'd say Remy. Really? Biggest mercenary? Mm. Because he signed for them lot? Okay. Killed you're... his career by going to Chelsea. You're old school, aren't you? Mm. Whatever happened? Where is he now? Chelsea... Chelsea sign players they kill careers where is he now anyway he's on loan at Palace injured oh, really good win last night Rahul Basingwa has to be number one yeah kind of yeah Paul I would pick on Chris Samba but I just don't think he really knew which club he was playing for so what? it was just like an extended loan with more money involved than most loans wasn't it or something like that or something else entirely who knows yeah so we don't think well, there was quite a few, there wasn't there. There were some really bad ones. I mean, we we did sign some absolute lemons, they say. But it seems to have changed. So, from going from there to the new experience of who has been our best signing of the season, this season or best best signing or best player, best signing of the season, best signing. Um, it's a new regime. So I, I think there's only mercenaries one. to oh. good players. It has to be Freeman. I mean, he's just been an incredible player so far. 
Yeah, he's been an excellent signing. He's. I, I have to say that the game in Newcastle when he came as a sub, I was watching it on TV and I was texting the lad I sat next to at, at Ranches and we thought, who's this bloke? He looks up out of his, out of his depth. He was running and chasing shadows and his shorts were pulled up too high and we like, we've signed a complete turkey here. And um, Yeah, and then he proved me very wrong, but... Could he, could, Paul, is it, this is for you. Mm-hmm. Go, go, I was going to say Yenny Bogota. I think he's been a great signing. I think he had that period in the middle where obviously he had family issues and he was injured. But I remember oh, when, right, he, okay, I remember when he signed for us the first game of the season. I, one of the things that really struck me about him was a player who had vision. It was the first time we signed a player where you went, oh, this guy can read a game of football in a long time. I think there's Pavel in that as well. Yeah, and he's coming back into it now, definitely. And Pavel, oh yeah, actually, Pavel, I mean. So who would you but, give the number 10 shot to next season? Well, you can't really wrestle it off Mr. Koska. That's a bit rude, isn't he? He's not really had a chance to keep yeah. it. Yeah, I think he's got mm. a keeper, isn't he? You know, so. mm. But it's a bit special at the pretend show, isn't it? It's kind of like, it's too good to be sitting on the bench. Surely we need mm. to have it on the pitch. So I'm sure if someone says, Sean, your time's coming, big man. But in the meantime, give it to Freeman. I don't think anyone's going to mind, are they? Because I think he's a natural born number 10 for QPR. Am I right? Am I wrong? Am I talking rubbish? No, he is. I mean, he, he's, played, he's played 10, he's played central midfield, he's played wide, but he really is a creative player that, that deserves the shirt. Well, it's his number two. It's quite low, isn't it? He's got a bizarre... They've all gone quite weird with numbers this season. There's no sort of, you know, like, people are defenders of high numbers. and It's the first season I think QPR have finally gone down the sort of continental style of just random numbering. Is There's a 41 in there, some 47, is there? 41. Yeah, man, yeah. So. I've always been surprised, not that I'm lowering the tone, but I am, that John Terry doesn't wear 666. <laughs> Maybe it's just me. But it's true, these numbers are crazy. But the other thing is, we have to talk about Friday night. We've, we've waffled on here and I've talked a little bit about rubbish and I won't be hosting for a game for a while because I know, David, you listen to this. Happy Passover, by the way, David, and sorry for ruining your podcast. Right, Friday, how did you see it? I really enjoyed the game. I did, I thought it was... Brighton are a good side and... Um, I mean, it's, I'm not going to nitpick because, you know, they got clapped off at the end and I think they deserve to be applauded off at the end. I, I would have started Freeman, though. Mm. And I probably would have started Pavel, I think. My only issue with Pavel is he seems to have one very good game in three and he kind of hasn't played for started the last few weeks and I thought the game at Leeds he was very very good him Freeman and Luongo were excellent and he's kind of been out of the picture a little bit since so I don't know if he's got an injury um, I mean he's obviously kind of looking with one eye to next season um, but um, yeah I can't really complain too much they they battled hard against a side that's going to get promoted and you know a bit more luck they probably should have got a point from at the end but I do think had we started Freeman from the start, then we could have perhaps started the way we finished and we might have even won the game. Mm. Yeah, I think the, 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 the key talking point from the game was definitely Morrison starting and it wasn't clear what exactly he was doing on the pitch. He was dropping really, really deep and in the formation we were playing, you have two strikers and then you have basically three deep, more deep midfielders. So every time we'd play it long, there'd be 20, 25 yards between Smith and Washington and the players behind them. So we would never be able to really attack meaningfully um, so I wasn't sure why Morrison was playing so deep I think he would have been much more effective further up the pitch um, and even if you look at the second goal that we gave up uh, people blame the referee but if you look at that the fact that Morrison was so deep in the pitch it forced other players uh, Luongo and Manning to move further up the pitch and then took them away from their defensive duties 
Um, so if you, if you watch the replay, you'll see Morrison made the initial challenge outside of the box. But if that was Luongo in his normal position, he probably would have made the tackle. So Morrison, he, he wasn't particularly too impressive. I think he was a little bit rusty. He mm. didn't look too fit in more ways than one. Um, and once Freeman came on, it just became a totally different game, and he was electrifying as always. Can I, I just sorry to interrupt there. I'm not sure about playing Hall in that kind of role where he flips between midfield and defence at home, because when you've got Maz there or whoever, there's, there's a bit of confusion as to kind of who should be doing what on occasions. That's not criticism of Hall or the midfield, no, no, but no. I think it's more when you're playing away from home, that, that, that works quite well, but at home sometimes, especially on a smaller pitch, I don't know whether or not that kind of... And with Morrison in there as well, it didn't really, it didn't really add anything. I didn't know he was playing the first twenty minutes, honestly. Do you think, Paul, <laughs> that that was his pretty much his last chance saloon, um, sign me and see what I can do appearance, or do you think that was just Holloway just seeing how, yeah, just thought of him and hoping for the best? I I, got, I get the sense that Ian Holloway's played a lot of jazz this season with his. Um, Formations, where you know, and it is a lot of experimentation. After the game, I was slightly annoyed by the first half with the choice of players, but then in, re- in retrospect, thought about it and thought, well, this is your chance to play these players in positions and all that. And it mm-hmm. seemed to me very much the role that Morrison was doing. I might have got this wrong, but it was that he was trying to demonstrate that he could play the defensive role. I'm not sure that you necessarily want him to play that, but it was almost like he was going out of his way to show the manager that he could be in the team and take care of the defensive side of the game. Because there was that one moment in the second half, literally just before he went off, where he actually finally went forward and glided past a couple of players and you suddenly thought, oh, why haven't you been doing this more? And I don't, I, 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 I wonder if Holloway is using these remaining games and maybe Friday night before Sky was on Sky with, against one of the top teams is possibly not the game to have done it. But I do think, you know, there is that point now where you think there's nothing to play for. You might as well use these proper games as opposed to pre-season friendlies, which, you know, who knows where they'll be and whether the opposition will turn up or not. Um, you might as well just experiment and put people in different places and, and give someone like Morrison a chance. And I wonder if he will get another go before the end of the season to prove himself. Do you know what's interesting about Friday? I, I'm not one for stats, as you know, because I'm cack at these sort of things. I get them all wrong, and I, I get them completely wrong, and it sounds stupid. But my friend Alan Blue, so if it's, if it's wrong, he's on Twitter as Alan Blue. Just look him up and give him shade. Apparently, with the most shots against Brighton than any other team this season. Do you know that? About 17 or 18. That is quite impressive. Cause, you know... Are you impressed by that? No, absolutely. And I, I don't wasn't. think we were outplayed. No offence, Alan. I don't think we were outplayed by Brighton. Even, even though Brighton look a very good side who... They were cacking it. Should not, should not be in the division. They should have got promoted last season. When, when they, you know, and I think that's probably why they were cacking at the end because I think they really... last. It was a psychological game for them. They drew with us last year around the same time and that kind of put the kibosh on them going out automatically and it all went away. The fact they beat us. Like, you could sort of see amongst the Brighton fans it was almost... It's like when we beat Doncaster without uh, Adele Tarab many years ago. It was the moment when you suddenly went, oh, we're going up and I think Brighton felt that after beating us well, I think we got that um, I, don't know, I, th- I thought the Gar- Derby game with, with um, G Mackey we were going to go up because that sort of things didn't happen to us anyway, sorry, yes. <laughs> but the thing about Brighton you could tell that if that game had gone five minutes we'd have got another one we'd have won it I'm telling you because they properly went to pieces yeah I think just we had I mean we had three strikers on the pitch we had Freeman and Freeman just was so electric I, I don't want to sound like too much of a nerd but I did watch some of the the match on you um, could QP- never sound like a nerd <laughs> QPR player HD 
And um, there is there is a sequence you where sponsored to come on this podcast and plug the keep your player. Yeah, it's good for thirty nine pounds a year. But there was a sequence in I think around the eightieth minute where that. you see Freeman and just dribbling through the through the uh, final third and. It's very interesting because he, he, like you pointed out, he doesn't look like he's that athletic of a person. You always think that the ball is going to get taken off him. And then out of nowhere, he just dribbles past someone. And there was actually ooing and aahing from the crowd. And it was mm. just, I think he, the, the final ball was a, was a pretty decent cross to Smith. But he, he and, and the strikers really put them under a lot of pressure. And I think if the match had gone on another five minutes, we probably would have gotten an equalizer. Do you know who he reminds me of? He, he, he seems to be the natural child of Andy Sinton and Lee Cook. He does remind me of a lot of Cook sometimes. Yeah. And, yeah. But even Sinton, that, them little close control rods. Yeah. There's a bit of Martin Rollins in there as well. Oh. And also, by the way, how, how wonderful wasn't it the club got um, Dave Thomas back as well mm-hmm. at halftime? I think there's a few fans of a certain generation with tears in their eyes when the, the fellow was speaking and, you know, that that's the difference, I guess, between modern football and football of a of, of them years. That that guy did so much for our football club and so nice to see him back. But what high emotional was that, though, Ian? Yes, very. Um, I was actually at the bar at the time, so I didn't see him come out half time. But um, I listened to the um, the Lovecast QPR podcast um, on the way in tonight and... Uh, the interview on there, he was very moved. He was, you know, in tears when Paul Morrissey was talking to him, and it was, uh, yeah, it was, you know, it's great to see. I think we have been guilty in the past of kind of neglecting our old players, and I think it's really good. To, you know, the club gets criticism often, rightly so, but I think this, the thing they did with the, the '67 Cup final and everything's going about it, it's, it's been a brilliant initiative, and I think the club deserves a lot of credit for everything they've done in that respect. Yeah, well, yeah, no, it was it was a moving moment. I mean, I I'm fairly new to QPR, so. He's way before my time, um, but even for me, it was it was pretty moving to hear him kind of tear up and and with his dog and everything. It was it was a beautiful moment. Yeah, I think I agree. I think as in terms of one of the things, and it does seem to be a real willingness at a certain level of QPR to do new stuff. I think the Forever Hours has been a brilliant thing to do. Not only is it you know great that we're finally looking after our players, but it's actually you know I remember we're going to Chelsea um, when we were in the League Cup I think against them and they brought Paul Furlong out half time and half the ground didn't have a clue who he was and only the QPRN did and I and I just think it is they, you know they've got it spot on in terms of that thing because the people they are bringing out you know if you don't know who they are someone sitting near you will know who they mm. are so it's 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 it's, a, it's exactly the sort of thing that a club like QPR should have been doing all along and and really resonates with the fans I think it's proper. Hmm. Talking of which, there's some news that we break in the couple of days by Istanbul that people need to keep an eye out for. But also, there's a few people who've been working really hard behind the scenes um, in doing stuff for Stan and making sure this happens. When it does happen and we do get something moving for Stan, please, please, please support it. Turn up. Even if you don't turn up, buy a ticket. If you're on holiday, do what you can to help because we need this to work for his family more importantly than anything and also to show the whole world that the QPR family does not forget its players so please support whatever we're doing for Stambouls which will come out in the next few days going back to the game on Friday before we we go on to our hours end one thing I did notice and it really upset me actually was I know Ned messed up I get that and I know he hasn't had a brilliant season (sighs) I saw a disgusting post about him on Twitter, which was the most racist, foul shit I've ever seen in my life. Please, if you're going to be a racist, don't come to QPR. Go somewhere else. If you're going to criticise a player, don't bring his colour of his skin into it. It's disgusting and it's not wanted. And we get 
sometimes people say we don't address this enough in the podcast. I'm addressing it now. It's foul, it's horrible, and it's unwanted. So please, please, by all means, have your opinions. But when you go across that line, that's gross and wrong. Please don't do it. We're better than that. Ian? I agree. He seems to be a very polarising figure. Ned. I'm a big fan. I think he, you know, he's a, he does more things right than he does wrong. If we get rid of him, to bring someone of what he brings to the table to replace someone like that who, who are you going to get mm. people say we need experience at the back well he's experienced and he's been playing actually very well the last sort of month or so he's not perfect of course he's not but you know Joel Lynch seems to get less attention on the mistakes he makes than, than Ned does it's just it's always been that at QPR though. there's always someone that yeah but Chris is a bit of racism oh of course yeah but I mean Twitter there's you know come on there's, uh, it's not a barometer of normality is it that's true I don't want to overreact, but we do get told in this sometimes by people on Twitter we don't address the issue, so it's been addressed and it's been talked about. Right, on the plus the plus side of Friday is we've got unity it looks like at the team. From what Ryan said, the dress room's happy. Might not be the good music choice. <laughs> but now this is this is this I'm nicking a phrase from the RHFA here, which is dirty dream. And I'm sorry about all the Irishness in the Ryan Manning interview, but I've waited years for someone to understand me who's a player no one else does, so I'm, I'm, I'm not going to apologise, really. Do we dream next season that we could actually do something? Because it's going to be a bloody hard division next season, but have we got the ingredients to make a beautiful cake? Um, possibly. I think I would have taken mid-table this season all day long. OK. From the start of the year. I felt there's always going to be a year of kind of consolidation, if you like, being used to being back in this division and offloading the big earners and I think next season the thing I really like about the the, um, the transfer policy they're signing players that are sort of 25 and under everyone's a young player you look at that side there's Ned's I think and Jerry Mackey the two players in the squad that are kind of playing regularly that are kind of over 30 everyone else Jake Bidwell's only 23 Luongo's 24 Ryan's 25 good point. 20 Jordan Cousins is 22 Sean Goss is 21 Mm. Washington's only 24 um, I think Pavel's only 24 so there's a lot of young players that we haven't had that for a age, long, we haven't had that for a long time where there's kind of you know I do think I don't think we need to have a major surgeon maybe I think we need another centre half mm. possibly well Darnell's doing a good job at right back but you know maybe another right back just to kind of push him but I think I think what Kevin Gallon said last week on the podcast is I agree with pretty much everything he said we need to offload, offload, offload some more in the summer. The Corkers and the Carl Henrys and that will go, but there is still a lot of guys on the books that um, you know need, need to go really. But I think why not? You know, yeah. I never get too excited with Rangers. I, the year we got promoted in twenty eleven, I didn't, I didn't think we got out of that year. Well, Hoops to dream for. Yeah, I think it's hard to say. I mean, it's so early at this stage, but. I think we have we have a special player in Freeman, and then really the key thing, and I, I think our defense is actually pretty good. If you look, best at, keeper by Yeah, keeper is excellent, and if you look at at our results in the last few months, we haven't been conceding too many goals either. So a lot of the criticism of Ned is is overstated. I mean, he definitely makes mistakes, but he's a pretty good keeper for this, a uh, pretty good uh, center back for this level. But the key question is really going to be, can we get the goals? And Washington had a purple patch for a while. He hasn't scored in a few matches. Smith, he's he the ball sometimes sticks, sometimes it doesn't. So and Silla is kind of up and down as well. So we need to just figure out where we're going to get the goals from. And generally speaking, we haven't gotten too many goals from from midfield or from any wide players this year. So it's going to have to come from the strikers. And one of those guys is going to have to be our Chris Wood this year and get us 
next year and get us 15 or 20 goals. Yeah, I think we'll probably sign another striker, probably another midfielder, and probably another defender. I think knowing the way in, it's just just one down the line, a bit more. I mean, you you know, you look at the midfield, the amount of competition that's there. It obviously seems to work. The way that the squad is being rotated by Ian Holloway at the moment. All I'm dreaming of next season is a sort of season where we go out, play some swashbuckling football, and just competing games because I don't think we've really had that for a long time at QPR we had the season where we dominated and we went up and we came down and when we came down we had the season where we crawled back up by grinding out one nils at the start and then falling over the line at the end of it we haven't had that season where we've just competed you know near there or thereabouts to the playoffs it's you know it'd be great to have a season where you know this stage this stage next year we'll be going oh we've got a chance still you know a derby cut type season something like that without obviously all the sackings but um you know that's what would be great i think for qpr this season rather than as we've had with the last two seasons where we've looked over our shoulders too much it'd be great to do a season where wherever we finish we were looking forward the whole time yeah. i think the sides that are there thereabouts now sheffield wednesday yeah. build slowly fulham have kind of had that two years of being in this division they <laughs> strong finish of the year Brighton I guess they're all kind of it's taken a little bit of time to get to where they are and I think that's where we need to be the club being run properly and you know building look at Leicester before they went up they got better and better and better when okay they nearly came down then they won the league so I mean that's the model to copy clearly and do you know what I think that we have got that no other club will have this division next season a brilliant podcast (laughs) and thus not picking ourselves up just sailors fans no one touches us right you know it's lovely to be on the podcast sometimes and interview someone who may, by just a thousand percent chance, might understand me. Because everyone else goes, what? Are you sure? Tonight we have a young lad who's broken into the QPR squad, East of Maryland, and he's most welcome in London. It's Ryan Manning. Hello, Ryan, and welcome to the Queen's Park Rangers podcast. You're joined by four QPR fans, and thanks for appearing to come on, and thanks for the club to allow you to come on. Now, what's the last few months been like for you, breaking into the first team? Uh, it's been kind of a massive change, to be honest. You know, I was kind of went home at Christmas time, back to Ireland, as kind of said or whatever before, and um, didn't have any real expectations of breaking in to the first team or playing, you know, between Christmas time and the end of the season. And I don't know, I just got thrown in out of the blue, and now I've something like 14, 15 games on my belt since then, and I felt like we've we've really improved as a as a team and as, as a squad and kind of it's all kind of gone in the right direction at the moment. Hi Ryan, it's uh, Ian here. Um, just since you've come in the side, you've you, you've really hit the ground running. Um, a lot of young players, when I come into the first team, it takes a, a few games to kind of you know um, find their feet. Uh, do you think that time you had playing against men, if you like, at Galway United, has kind of helped you kind of assimilate quickly into? You know, men's football in the championship level, or be at a lower level. Yeah, no, hundred percent. You know, like not not a lot of um, boys that come through academies in England get like exposed to playing men's football. You know what I mean? Unless they go out on on loan at a young age. But you know, it's very rare that boys at sixteen, seventeen are out playing men's football. So definitely, kind of the way I settled in so quickly, and the way I kind of, you know, felt at home, you know, so quickly in playing men's football. I've 100% put them down to playing big Ireland football for two seasons. You know what I mean? You get used to the battling, the, the physical, the, the physical side of the game, and everything. You know what I mean? So that wasn't a, a, a big change for me when I came up and, and when I was the first team. Uh, obviously, the you know adjusting to the, the the tempo of the game and how fast you have to think, and you know how good the players you're playing against are. 
you know that obviously was you know the biggest the biggest change from for me but definitely the physicality you know the two years playing football in Ireland at, at, in the League of Ireland definitely did help me to kind of settle in quickly. Hey uh, Ryan, by any chance do you watch the show Game of Thrones? No, I haven't said it yet. <laughs> All right, well. I guess this exi- this won't work too well, but you kind of re- your career kind of reminded me of this character Brandon Stark, who uh, was very involved in the beginning of the show and then just disappeared for a few years and then came back. And it's kind of the way I think of your career. You you signed in 2015. Yeah. We everyone was excited to hear. Everyone was excited about you. We were he- hearing about your exploits in the under 18s, and then you kind of disappeared for two years. Uh, but could you tell us what it was like when you were kind of struggling to to get into the squad, and and also tell us how you found out that you were in, this, in the team. Because when I remember when I saw your team on, on the team selection for Wolves, I was really surprised to see you on the list. Uh, but can you tell us about what that whole experience was like? Yeah, no, obviously moving over from Ireland, you know what I mean? I was, you know, couldn't wait to get started, you know what I mean? But I was, in my own head, I knew, you know, I was going to need time to settle in and just, to, you know, obviously the big change, you know, not just in football, moving away from family and moving to London. You know what I mean? So I put the first kind of, you know, six months I was here, uh, down to just adapting to everything and getting used to training full time every day and, and kind of getting up to speed with, you know, the quality that, you know, everyone else was at at the level everyone else was at. So then obviously coming in the following season, which was last season, you know what I mean? That was like hugely frustrating for me, you know what I mean? Not getting chances, not, you know, doing as well as I thought I could or should have been doing, you know, whatever. And, um, it was definitely usually frustrating, but obviously I, I did my education before I left Ireland, so I knew education was always there. It wasn't, you know, that football was the be-all and end-all for me. So I just, you know, kept going in out every day and just, you know, getting through the sessions and, you know what I mean, trying to improve and trying to do things that would hopefully get me close to the first team. And then, obviously, this season was, you know, similar pattern to what last season was going like, you know, not much opportunities, not getting, you know, any even siders of getting into the team, you know what I mean? It was just point blank. No, you know, you're not, you're not in the plan. So then obviously with the change of management, when Ian came in and, and his staff, there was definitely a change in, in the kind of approach to the kind of playing style that we had. And I kind of felt that it, it did kind of suit me a little bit better than the previous managers. And then obviously he just seen something that, you know, some of the other managers didn't see and, you know, he pumped, like, brought me off training with the first team a good few times and then obviously I went home for Christmas <laughs> and then um, I came back in, I think, I forget what day the, the game was on, but I came in about three days before the Wolves game and, you know, there were rumours that, you know, you could be there, thereabouts and then obviously the day before the game we did the shake for the Wolves game and I was in the starting eleven. So I just kind of put that down to maybe one of the boys wasn't fit yet, you know, and I was just stepping in from, you know, while he was, you know, prepping for the game tomorrow. And then I travelled with them and he told me that that morning that I was, I was starting to get balls and just to go out and enjoy it. And, you know, there's all pressure. Uh, you know, you've nothing to lose. Just go out and do what you've been doing. And he says, I think you'll be OK. And obviously kind of the rest is history from that. Yeah, well, you, you were absolutely brilliant that game and you've been brilliant since. Um, but was there any adjustment uh, changing position? Because I thought you used to be a striker, and we've seen you play midfield. We've also seen you play, I think, against Brighton, you played a little bit of left wing back, and against Huddersfield, you played left back a little bit. Um, do you have a preferred position? 
can you play everywhere? Or is there do you, is there a specific style you want to play? Uh, no, I, I prefer in the middle. Like obviously, where I've been kind of playing mostly in the first team for the last few weeks, you know, in the middle, kind of the left of the middle. That's kind of where I prefer to play because I can, you know, get get about, get involved. You know what I mean? Whereas I used to be up. I used to, to be fair, when I first did come over, I was a striker, and it was, you know, obviously enjoyed it when I was playing there. But when I kind of got used to playing in midfield, now I prefer it a lot more. And then just because you know I have, a, I have a left foot, you know what I mean? I can put crosses in the box. I kind of can do a role on left wing back, you know, trying to get up and down the left hand side and get crossed into the box for for the big boys in the middle. So, you know, I, I, there's a few things that I can do, and I've kind of played it a little bit in every position over the years, so that nothing's too like you know unfamiliar for me. But definitely playing in the middle is kind of my preferred position. Like I said, here just getting been involved, you know, all the time and and been able to get on the ball as much as possible. That's kind of what I prefer. Hi, Ryan. It's the other Paul here. Um, you've obviously had got a few games under your belt now. What's been the biggest sort of revelation to you about playing first team football in the championship in terms of game craft or what the opposition will do to you or dirty tactics? So what, what's really surprised you about being in the first team? Um, what surprised me is probably how tactical it is. You know, what I mean, you, you, you look at in from the outside, you know, you don't realise how much you know, game plans come into play and tactics and analysing other teams and coming up with strategies to, you know, try and expose their weaknesses. You know what I mean? You don't you don't think you just think that two teams go out in their formation and just battle it out on the pitch but there's you know, there's so much kind of analysis that goes on in the background and working on certain things and you know, different formations for different things that can happen in the game. So there's a lot more kind of thinking side of the game. There's not just, you know, going out and playing footballers, you know, you have to know your role, know what you need to do, know who does what for them and you know, there's a lot more um, kind of tactics involved in first team football so that's probably been the, the main thing for me that I've kind of had to step back and be like, oh I didn't, didn't even, you know, wasn't even aware of this part of the game when I was playing 21 football but no, it's definitely a massive part. Have you suggested any tactics of your own yet or? No, 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 no. The gaffer, the gaffer is uh, that's his specialty. You know, in the south, they, they, I mean, team, You know, they'll they all come up with you know, spend hours analysing and, and coming up with game plans, and they just come to us with the game plan and tell us what to do, and we just try to follow it. Hey, Ryan, as you can tell by my accent and the fact that you can actually understand that, unlike everyone else that comes on this podcast, you just keep saying what. Um, <laughs> I could just say, having watched Irish League, I, I grew up in Belfast and watched Glenn Soren, who I think you might have heard of. Um, and it's not men against boys. It's friggin' animals. They don't have tackled up in both Irish Leagues. It is insane the amount of tackles the referees don't catch. And honestly, yeah. you grew up fast in that flipping re- league, like, don't you? Yeah, no, 100%. You know, I was coming from, I think I was 16 when I made my debut, so I was playing, you know, under 15 football and there's a lot bigger lads that can can hurt you from going from the under 50s league to the men's league in Ireland. So you have, definitely have to be aware and get used to, you know, having to watch your back and watch where you are and not taking too many touches. You know, so definitely the league of Ireland is probably the the best league I'd say around to learn the physical side of, of football. And be careful the ones that play GAA and football as well. <laughs> they could be legal. Oh, that's a lethal combination, man. Now, the other thing is, what was the first thing you did when you came to London? Because when I came over from Belfast, 
We took our Jack Russell for a walk down Oxford Street, which nearly ended up with the dog being trampled. Which nearly ended up with the dog being trampled. Um, what was the first thing you did when you came to London? I think the first thing I did was when I first came over, I spent like two days in a hotel because I was just waiting for um, my big family for everything to get sorted out there. So I spent two days in a hotel and literally all I did was set up my PS4 and play PS4 for two days. But I think after that, my mum came over and the first thing I tried to do was get the train from work, find out how to get from Heathrow to to Westfield on the train. And I think that was the first thing I did, having to <laughs> figure out what way to go and what, what, what line to follow. But I think we managed it in the end. So that was that was the first kind of milestone for me when I came to London of, of what to do. <laughs> and obviously you frequent every Irish pub in London like everyone thinks the stereotype goes, I think. The what? Everyone thinks that all we do is, as Irish, we spend every day in Irish pubs. Of course, Ryan, that's oh, not yeah. true. We, we, we're far yeah. more intellectual than that. We play PS4. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. Everyone everyone mentions the Irish pub they know to you as if, you know, I know every Irish pub in in, in, in the city. But no, or even worse to say, by the way, do you know my Auntie Meg? She lives in Dublin. And you're like, what? Yeah. No, of course I freaking well don't know your Auntie friggin' Meg. Yeah. <laughs> they think it's like three men and a dog living in Ireland, don't they, really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we could moan for hours, big man, but I suppose we better get back to QPR. Go on, um, sorry, Ian, you're next. Just wondering, Ryan, there's obviously a fair bit of competition in, in the central midfield area with yourself and Maz and Luke Freeman and... Sean Goss, Jordan Cousins, etc. What's it been like, kind of, with the, the team rotation? You know, Ollie likes to change it up from sort of one game to the next. Has that been frustrating, or is that kind of you accept um, it just the way it is? No, it's not really frustrating. You know, all of us are playing well. That's the thing. Like, it'd be that's the kind of good thing and bad thing about it is that everyone's playing well. You know, what I mean, it's good for the team, good for, for the club, and that. But obviously, for each other, you know, you go out and have a good performance, but. You know, the guy that's been left out for you to go out and have a good performance had a good performance in his last game. So it's 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 good that the rotation is there, gives everyone a chance, everyone's, you know, gonna be managed well, no one's gonna be, you know, absolutely knackered from playing, you know, X amount of games in a few weeks. But um and it and it obviously is good competition, healthy competition between us. You know, everyone has to be on the top of their game to, to, to play. So I think with the rotation and with how many people can play in the middle of the park and you know anyone that does play at the weekend or during the week has to be you know at the top of their game which you know ultimately that's what the gaffer wants what the club wants what the fans want to see you know what I mean so it is good healthy competition and it's enjoyable you know to go out and play and, and learn from all the boys as well and you made your debut for the, the 21s uh, a few weeks ago that must have been a big kind of milestone for you as well yeah no definitely because obviously I was Hadn't been involved, you know, in about two years with the international setup, so it was good to get back involved and, and get back and put the green jersey on again and stuff like that. So, um, you know, we started the campaign with a win as well, so that kind of couldn't have gone any better really with the 21. So we just have to wait now, I think, till September for the next qualifier and, um, you know, hopefully kick on and, and see what we could do in that campaign. I, I tell you what, Rad, normally when people come on here, I try and talk them into playing for Northern Ireland. I don't think I'll bother. <laughs> no, no, I don't think. I think that's an option. No. Oh, you're right. But if you ever do want to change sides, I could always recommend a few good fish and chip shops. But um, isn't it great that both Ireland's could be qualifying for the World Cup, even though Russia could be pretty dodgy to go to if you're a fan? So, 
It's, it's like both the world. See, I, I bigged you up and said you don't understand my accent, and you're already you're saying what? No, I, did, I don't understand the accent. There's an echo on the phone. So it breaks up sometimes. That's because we're doing it in Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> now, what, what it is, is um, isn't it good that both Ireland's are going to go for the, the World Cup and could actually probably, hopefully, both make the playoffs at the very least? And um, even though it will be a strange place to watch the World Cup, i.e. if you're a fan and you go out there, you're probably not going to come home. But, um, you know, it's, it's great to see both Ireland's do well, isn't it? After all the years, we've both been in the wilderness. Yeah, no, 100%. And it's it's kind of testament to, to the both FAs that they've, you know, invested and, and you know, invested in coaches and, and the infrastructure in Ireland to get football up to the standard of that. And obviously, there's healthy competition between the Republic and Northern. So, you know, that's only going to egg both, both parts of the country on. So, um yeah, it'd be amazing if both of us qualified again. You know, what I mean, it only mean that there'd be more Irish out there, and you know, it just means there'd be more green flags flying about when uh, out in Russia, which obviously would be a, a very um, <laughs> good experience to go out there and see a World Cup in Russia. So, uh, mm. you know, hopefully we will qualify. <laughs> and what was nice? Sorry, we'll come in next. Was when the the fellow from Northern Ireland died in the um, European Championships and the. Uh, Irish fans sang up and sang uh, stand up for the Ulsterman. I think that unified both our countries very well actually and it proves to the rest of the world that both the Irelands get on very well and we're looking forward to going to Russia and possibly as I say not going to come home and probably being locked in Moscow prisons for doing absolutely nothing like everyone else Putin does anyway no politics Rahul <laughs> Um, Ryan, I, I just wanted to compliment you. I think the most impressive thing I've seen you do at QPR was your knee slide after the Fulham goal. That was just incredible technique. Um, I mean, it really was. I mean, you had clearly been watching a lot of Andy Carroll uh, goal celebrations. I'm a bit of strictly. <laughs> but uh, is, is that something you're trying to add to your game goals? Or, or what, what, what are your personal goals for this year and next year as, as an yeah. individual putting aside the team goals? Yeah, and no, obviously, you know, for myself, I just the kind of main goal since I started playing, you know, for myself that I set was to just play as many games. You know, obviously, the more kind of more games I play, the more experience I get at playing at this level, and there'll be more personal goals like scoring goals. Like you know, I have the one and that one against Fulham, and you know, it was an amazing, amazing feeling to score. So I'm definitely adding goals to my game is probably the the biggest thing I want to do, kind of the main. Yeah, main thing I want to add to my game, and then obviously as a team, you know we've we've come a long way under Holloway in the last you know three four months especially, and I think you know coming next year when we get a good preseason under our belt and he gets another you know window to add players, you know like the players he's added in January, you know have been magnificent for us. I think you know next year you know we, can, we we're capable of anything. You know what I mean? We, we we're definitely in a good good place at the moment, and obviously. Being as high up the championship next season is our is our goal, and hopefully you never know what might happen. So I've got to ask um, uh, Ryan, as a sort of professional music journalist slash snob, uh, what's the QPR <laughs> what's the QPR uh, dressing room stereo like this season? Who is putting music on, and what are you guys listening to? Come and tell us. This is a scary question. It's is this about the stereo? Who yeah. has the music? Yeah. Do you or play stuff? No, no, no. In the changing rooms at the training ground, uh, Chief Nedham, you know, has, he's in charge of that. He, he owns the, the ox score for that. And then on match day, um, Joel Lynchy is, is DJ on match day. And it's kind of worked <laughs> out for us when he's DJ. So he's kind of, everyone kind of adds, 
eggs him on to, to be DJ every week because he's, he's probably got one of the best playlists. There's been a few few dodgy attempts from, from Goffy and that at, at trying to be DJs, <laughs> but definitely definitely when Lynch is around, we, we get him to be DJ. <laughs> so what is DJ Lynch's bangers then? What, what, what's the, the thing the squad are all liking? Oh, I don't know the names of them, but I just know the sounds of them. I just... I'm so used to hearing them now. I forget even I know the words to them, but I don't know the actual names to the songs. <laughs> but I know Drake comes on a lot. Drake, Drake's new album is kind of the big one that gets played like nearly every day. Stays between it. anyone that's DJ, that's the kind of go-to go-to album that no one gives out about. It sounds like there's a good rapport then between the whole squad, particularly a younger player like yourself and the senior players. It's a good dressing room. Yeah, no, definitely. Like we all get on, you know, really well. You know, there's lots of banter around the place and, you know, everyone enjoys coming in. So, definitely we've got a good change room. Like, there's no bad eggs in there, you know, that, you know, don't want to do what, you know, has been asked them. Everyone wants to work together and every day we go out and train, you know, it's proper competitive. Like, everyone wants to win. So, yeah, definitely not a good good change room. And all the senior boys are proper, like, helpful towards the young lads. They, you know, tell them what to do, you know, help them out with little things that, you know, you wouldn't be used to, or you wouldn't, be, you'd be unsure what to do. And you know, they're all sound and and, and are helping us out massively. Excellent. I've just got to ask finally from me anyway. Um, that sublime uh, assist that you did against Reading outside of the boot. Please say you meant it. Did you mean it? Yeah, I did. Cause yeah. <laughs> I, I, have to, I have to meant it because it was an, if it was a it was a shot. I'd, I'd never be allowed to shoot again if that was my attempt to shot. <laughs> The Maradona from Galway. Yes. Uh, it's got a ring to it, hasn't it? Eh? Yeah, it has, yeah. Yeah. Irish Messi. Yeah. No, I prefer Maradona. Oh, unless, of course, English people get offended by the hand the ball thing. And the God, sorry. The rest of us Celts quite enjoyed it. Anyway, um, right, Brian, three quick fire questions. I can't look at who sent me this question on Twitter because I'm an Egypt and um, I can't look it up. But it was something like along the lines of, um, have you found a fish and chip shop as good as McDonald's in Galway? Is that ring any bells? McDonald's in Galway, that's not my, 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 that's not my one in Galway. My one in Giovanni is one last. That's my chip shop. But I actually, I honestly can say I, I don't think I have fish and chips in England yet. I know it's a mad one, but it's not It's not one of my preferred ones, the fish and chip. I prefer an Indian or... Uh, yeah, an Indian. That's my kind of go-to thing. So there's an Indian, a nice Indian shop, like just close to where I live, and that's kind of like my go-to takeaway place. <laughs> Don't say because you get stalked by some people. It might be a bit weird. There's nothing to do with us. <laughs> well, you would get free food, so you've got yeah. to weigh up the option. Nah, nah, don't bother. <laughs> the the other thing is, um, well, there's there's one on this in Grove that's quite nice. Just saying. Um, the other thing, have you, you must have tried a, a pasty supper. <laughs> yeah. I've tried a couple. My my big family used to get them when I was living there. They're, they're like heart attack at the plate, aren't they? <laughs> I just, can't, yeah, I can't say. I, I have to. I have to pretend I didn't enjoy it. Now, don't I? I have to say that. You know, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have it again. One of them ones, in it. You're a professional football runner, of course you wouldn't. They're not bad, though, for hangover. Just in case you're wondering. The other thing is, um, <laughs> don't listen to him at all, please. Don't. Oh, bad influence. Even, even no one listens to me. The other thing is, in my quick fire questions, of course, is do you watch Mrs. Brown's Boys? And please say you don't, because I find that program bloody awful. I, I never watch it when I'm over here, but anytime I'm at home, it's always on the box, so I always end up watching it, and, and I do enjoy it. To be fair, seriously, the people but, back home actually like it. Because I'm more of your oh, father Ted kind of thing, you know? No, everyone at home loves it. Jesus, really? Christmas time, it's like the most talked about thing on a Christmas. 
Can't think... come up been over Christmas. Everyone buzzing for the Mrs. Barland boys show at you know, nine or ten o'clock. <laughs> Jesus, the country's going down hills since I left. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> so people like that? Yeah, no, actually okay. do, yeah. Okay, and the, okay. well, that, that's fine, of course. They're allowed to like any kind of cack they want. It's absolutely fine. Now, the other thing is, Mark Burcham, I, someone sent me this question. I can't think who it was, but what kind of influence has he been in your career? What influence has he been? Yes, and getting you into the first time after you were going to possibly be released at one stage, because that, that was a shout we heard. Yeah, no, yeah, Bridge has been that massive help. Like, he was, you know, he was the one that kind of, you know, with the gaffer, obviously kind of pulled me out. And Flem, yeah, Kurt Flem has a massive influence as well. Like, the three of them have been a massive help. And then, obviously, Bridge is a sentiment fielder, you know, throughout his career. So he def- he gives me loads of little tips, you know, on, on little things to do when, you know, I'm in certain situations and little bad habits that I might have that, you know, could catch, you know, get me caught out in the game. You know, he, he kind of, tells me what I'm doing wrong and tells me what I need to be doing and he's helped out massively in in terms of you know teaching me you know more about the midfield role and about you know the kind of cynical side of the game that you need to get good at in midfield because obviously that's a big part of it and you know trying to trying to stop the opposition so yeah no Birch is a massive help Mr Birch is cynical that's really anyway Ian any more questions (laughs) No, I was just say, well done. You've done very well since you come in the side, and hopefully it's a start of things to continue. Rahul? Yep, totally agree. Keep it up. Paul? Cheers. Nice, yeah. Yeah, nice one. Absolutely great to see a young player coming through. What would be your advice for sort of the younger QPR fans watching in terms of breaking into football? Because obviously, you know, it's, it's hard, as you've, as you've shown, but you can succeed. Yeah, no, no I, think, I think the biggest thing is to just be persistent with it. You know, there's going to be lots of ups and downs as to not become disillusioned with it when, when things aren't going the way you want them to be and you know you're going to have your good days and bad days but it's just you have to kind of stick with it and it's it's one of them things where it's a it's a slog getting to where you want to be but when you get there you know what I mean it's amazing and you you know every kind of hard day you had is, is worth it when you get to where you want to be so yeah just be persistent with it and, and don't give up well Rand thank you so much for coming on by the way there's I don't know if you're aware of this, but there's usually about 15 or 20 Irish fans that come over every week from North and South. And so when the lads are singing you're one of our own, you really are one of our own. So it doesn't matter you're from Galway. And it's good to see you boys playing in the hoops and putting pride back in that shirt. Brilliant having you on. Thank you so much. Yeah, perfect. Thanks Thanks a lot, bud. No worries, big man. Thanks, Ryan. big man. Take care. Right. Quickly, we've got to do a prediction for Friday and Monday. Because it won't be a pod next Monday because it's Easter Monday, it's Jesus week. Um, let's hope we don't get crucified. Yes, I went there. Oh, sorry guys, that was awful. Really awful. Jesus, I can't believe I did that. Anyway, bad link. Ian? It's a hard one to call Friday. I mean, Bristol City... Let's call it Good Friday. Yes. Sorry. Bristol City had, <laughs> had a massive win against Wolves last week. Yeah, that worries me. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Bad thing. Because they were due a win at some stage. Um, there's no reason why we can't go there and win. I get the we, feeling they want to sack the manager. Though. A bit like Ipswich, where we turn up and they want, to, they want us to beat them until they can sack the manager. I yeah, I mean, Freeman is returning. I imagine you're going to have a yeah, of bigger, bigger reception from the home fans. There'll be a big crowd there. It's, um, I like Bristol City. It's a great away end. 30 quid, low. Pricey. Hmm. Um, but um, I reckon, I don't know, we might nick it 1-0. Just one? Yeah. Um, Freeman's on fire? 
Maybe. Your defences should know what he's like, but going to let one in there with? 1-0, I'll go 1-0 win. I think Sheffield Wednesday, that'll be a tough one there. Yeah. Side and Falling away down there. I'll go for a one all draw in that one. You're not seeing many goals this weekend, are you, big man? Right. Yeah, to continue... Tonight, but I was negative. To, Carry con- on. to continue with the Easter t- theme, I think Holloway will continue to resurrect our season. Oh, and see, that, see, that's, I'm, that's uh, why you're a lawyer. And I, I'm will, uh, I'll, I will go for two 2-0 two wins and... If you're at the Bristol City match, uh, QPR fans make a lot of noise for Freeman. Um, let, let's back him quite a bit because he probably will get some stick from the fans. Um, but I think 2-2-0 two, two wins. And he'd be good at them crosses in Jesus' week. Hey, today we keep this going. Have you got a Jesus joke? Well, I just hope the Bristol fans don't egg um, Freeman. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Easter. He just winged at the yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> you can't say it. Po- All right, okay. Yeah, okay. This podcast is not that much better than yeah. last week, I feel Carry on, so what do you no, think? Well, carrying on the theme, I think Bristol City seem like a bunch of headless bunnies at the moment. Ooh, so, like 2 1 QPR and a 2 all draw against Sheffield Wednesday for no reason other than it's Bank Holiday Monday and, you know, it's, it's a day for Great Escape and Bomb films. So, let's have a kind of big, flourishy thriller, please. My theory, prediction, call it what you want, is it'll be like Moses putting a Red Sea, which has nothing to do with Jesus whatsoever, but we're all done with Jesus. Let's go back to Moses where it all began. And I think Freeman will be on fire. And we will burn the bush as there were Moses <laughs> on Monday. Let's get rid of Jesus. Oh, God, that's what Pontius Pilate said. Um, yeah, and you, you didn't want to pass over the Jewish parts either. Oh, is, is there anyone we've forgotten? Because I don't do religion, even though I'm from Northern Ireland, which I never mention. Um, <laughs> Right. You're very zen about that. I, I never ever mentioned it from Northern Ireland. I know what religion's all about. Indeed. I remember the Mormons coming over and trying to get us to play football so they could talk to us about God. Didn't go so well. Anyway, yes, I, do you remember the Mormons? Anyone remember the Mormons? Yeah, there's a big musical about them at the moment in West End, isn't there? Book uh, of Mormon by the was, South Park creators. The only people I've, I've ever seen in Ralph Curlin's suits apart from the accused. Anyway, right. So I reckon Bristol City 3 0. Seriously, I reckon we will destroy them because it's just they give Freeman so much stick. Matt Smith's got a lot to prove. Connor Washington's got to come into. I just got a feeling we're gonna we're gonna really do it. And Wednesday, I reckon we're gonna totally derail their season. So I'm I'm looking three nil and three nil. So I'm going for six goals in the weekend. That's how confident I am of this. If this goes wrong. Fraser told me to say everything to try and get more listeners. It's all his fault. Right, ours end of the show. I'm going to go round the wrong way. Not that you lot will know because you can't say. Paul. Hello. What do I do? You, you, oh, God, well, this is awkward. Um, you tell us your last thoughts before we wrap up the podcast, which everyone's nice to stop listening to. Okay, that because right. Because we're not about Jesus a bit much. Okay, yeah, and we've offended minorities and everyone. Um, hey, I'm a minority. <laughs> we're all QPR florists. In our own ways, we're all minorities. Um, yeah, of course we are. Sorry, I don't know Nothing what I'm wrong saying. with that. I'm sorry, I've descended to your level, sorry. <laughs> Bit harsh. <laughs> um, my final thought, um, that Ryan Manning's a nice chap, isn't he? And good luck to him. He's young, enthusiastic and, you know, and, and a good example, I think, you know, we, have, we come from an area where we haven't really bought through a young local players and there should be lots of them. So, I mean, to see someone like him, okay, he's come over from Galway, but he's taken the knocks, he's, he's carried on, he's kept going. I remember Steve Gallon saying some very positive things about mm. him, um, uh, 
learning from managers and coaches and taking them serious rather than trying to be better. So I think, you know, he could be as crucial to QPR in terms of recruiting young players in our area and building a, a team of people who actually, you know, wore the shirts when they were, you know, five and then go on to wear them for real. So, you know, good stuff. More of it, hopefully. Yeah, he's he's a good egg. Um no one, no one. Uh, my my R's end is going to be about the uh, the Player of the Year event, which got canceled um, by the club. Uh, it's sad to see that, although I think that this would be one of the examples where I think the club would have benefited from some consultation with fans. I'm not sure if they did consult fans, but at the price of, I think, 100, 100 plus pounds to go to the event, if, you're, if you have a family or you want to go with your mates... It's quite a bit of money to cough up. Um, so I think the club would have benefited from maybe consulting the fans and getting a more reasonable price point. Obviously, if, if it costs them £100 per person to run the event, different story. They don't, they're not in the business of running events to lose money. But um, I think that ended up not looking too great. But it, it's just one thing. I think Lee Hoos and, and the rest of the club have done a fantastic job. So it's just one, one incident. But hopefully next year we'll have the player of the year event. If you're not good, if you're not winning anything, I can't see why people want to go. What they should do is, you know, the end of the season where they go, don't go on the pitch. They should just go, come on the pitch, and we're going to give out some awards from the top in the director's box. Why not do that? Do that as your player at the event, isn't it? I think we could do something like we did with the 67 team and have a and a and just find someone big enough to hold it, get people in high points, low points, anyone who wants to be there. Maybe even do something on the pitch at the end of the season where fans can come along and donate money to Istanbul's. Ian. Um, just back to Ryan Manning. Right. I was really impressed with him as a left back. Okay. And that, that time he played, and he got me thinking. Long term, if you can play that wing back role, he looked really good. So much better going forward than, than Bidwell did. And a small sample of he's played there, he's looked. And we're going to be very packed in midfield next year. There's a lot of competition going on. I think I like Bidwell. I don't mind Robinson. I've not seen a lot of him, but I think it's certainly an option that. He, you know, he got, broke down the left on right at the end and put the cross in Basilla, who should have scored. But yeah, he's just a, got a lot of strings to his bow. And I think I am a bit worried about our, our midfield next year, just the, the amount of players that are there. Because I really like Cousins. I think he could be a really, really good player. Played in his right position. He's got energy, he's got youth on his side. And I, I do fear if he was to let go to another club, we you know, could come back to bite us. And I kind of thought at the time, Goss, was it a signing too many? Why have we signed him? And I think he looks a wonderful footballer, technical, and there's touch on that. But back to what Manning was saying about playing against men at an early age. He's never played against men before, and he's come straight to the championship. And I think maybe he could be have a, a Darnell Furlong type loan, go and play with Swindon or a. Or why not play him every game to the end of the season, though? Because, I mean, he's clearly, like you say, somebody's obviously played a lot of reserve games and nothing mm. else. Just play him every game. I mean, just get, get him kicked, see what it's like, yeah. and come. You know. I just wonder if that do more harm than good. Teams losing, crowd get on his back a bit. Everyone loves Freeman. The one goes play. I just wonder whether or not. I don't know. It's interesting. But we don't sign players from Man United that generally go on to be very good for us. So. <laughs> yeah, Alan Brazil. Yeah. Never mind. Um, right, the beers this week were brought to us are sponsored by Mick B Man. Uh, thank you Mick that's very kind of you also we've got the live podcast coming up we've got Mark Birch and, and as you heard exclusively we've got Kevin Gallen we've got some more surprises coming up our sleeves um, I probably said that wrong but I don't care um, so please please on May the 9th come down at the good ship in Kilburn 
come in, enjoy yourself. It's no holes barred. Ask what you want. Just pure QPR, pure hoops, pure culture, pure everything great about West London's finest proper football club. There you go. Pure culture. <laughs> it is. Our shirts, our culture. Don't care what anyone says. It's culture. Right. My hour's end is this. Can you imagine if everyone renews their season tickets? Can you imagine if Holloway gets out of school like next season? Can you imagine what Love the Road's going to be like for the first time in about 10 years? We can have that place rocking. So if you listen to this podcast and you haven't renewed, please renew. Come down. Let's cheer. Let's cry. Let's mourn together. But most of all, let's be Queen's Park Rangers. This has been Open All Hours. You've been fantastic supporting us this season. Thank you to Ryan Manning, who was absolutely superb. And let's go on. Good, have a good Friday and an Easter Monday and let's crucify everything in front of us back to Jesus have a good week UPR UPR Chris Park Ranger